beauties, golden age of radio, whoa-oh. Just turn back that dial, then stay for a while, the times are a-changing. A podcast news sound taking it back, do you hear that? You hear that? You're on a new track, a new track. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Second Golden Age of Radio with your host Richard Templeman and we're happy to introduce a very special guest, Cagney Ortiz. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. I'm pumped and thank you for your patience in getting all this together. A question I had for you, Cagney, is what is your history, your personal history, with old-time radio? Have you listened to it before? I have not had a lot of personal experience with old-time radio. I do have a lot of experience with the second golden age of radio. I listen to a ton of podcasts, uh, so really get into that quite a bit. As far as any personal history I have with old-time radio, mainly I used to listen to baseball on the radio a lot with my grandpa. I know that's not necessarily a narrative, but I really loved it, and just kind of like the old warbliness of those announcers was really cool, and I feel like really gets into your head and makes you understand what old-time radio is all about. And I also did an improv show when I lived in Austin, uh, based off of some of the older serials like Gunsmoke. And so listen to a couple pieces of those episodes and just the way that they're kind of able to set the scene in your mind. And it almost sounds like a TV show that you're just watching from the other room. It's pretty amazing because I feel like the radio now, it's you're just used to listening to folks sitting at a microphone and making random weird jokes about politics and pop stars so it's definitely a a higher level back then oh that is cool to hear um something i just learned on a podcast recently speaking of podcasts is that ronald reagan when he was just butch i think his name if that's not his name i'll fix this later butch reagan he was on the radio and he would narrate the sports ball games and i guess what would happen is he wouldn't be in chicago and he'd be doing a chicago a chicago cubs game and they would be giving him the play-by-plays via morse code or some kind of um feed you know like written out and so he would only know oh so and so got to this base so and so so he would just have a fake audience that he controlled and himself is like, all right, and we're watching him and uh, it goes up to bat and it swings and a miss, swings and a miss, which is funny. So that's even more rudimentary than the baseball games we could have heard as children. And part two, I love that you guys did old time radio show improv. Um, we've done that before when I lived in Virginia. We turn off all the lights and then do a radio show. Super fun. All right. We welcome you to the show. That's great experience. If you like podcasts, but you also were intrigued by the old-time radio that is more movies or television for your mind instead of just talk, 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 which I like both. 
but it's just interesting. So you, th- then this will be a good, a good podcast for you. <laughs> I just asked Google. It's not Butch. It's Dutch. My grandma was called Butch by my grandpa, which is another story for another day. But Dutch, because he had a Dutch boy haircut. So Dutch Reagan. When Dutch Reagan was a radio announcer, he had to make up all the all the action on the fly based on what was happening in the game. So <laughs> so Reagan was basically improvising baseball games on the radio based off of like very minimal information. Uh, that sounds pretty funny. Also, uh, do we have to wait for another day to hear the story of your grandma who <laughs> was named Butch by your grandpa? If you want to wait, fine, but I'm definitely intrigued by that. Well, I should do my research on why grandma was called Butch, but I guess, okay, so when she was really small, she had these dimples, and so they'd call her Dimples. And then she was like 17 when she married my grandpa, and somehow, because it was the late 40s, early 50s, he just took to calling her Butch, which is kind of not a compliment, I would think. And nowadays, I feel like Butch is like, you know, if someone's a little bit more masculine or something, they'd be called Butch. But she never really was. So I just thought it was funny. Her name is Marlene. And I could think Marlene, maybe they'd call her Madge or something. And then Butch? I don't know where that comes from. Marlene? Anyway, my grandpa's a really, (laughs) I don't know, he's a really funny person. Oh, and circling back, yes, little Dutchy Reagan was a supreme improviser. So, (laughs) he was improvising baseball games way back when. So that's kind of fun, too. You know, probably his more innocent days. So, now I'm pretty sure uh, if slash... When I have kids, I feel like there's a, a big thing these days where the grandma or the grandpa get to choose, like, oh, I want to be Mimi, I want to be Pop Pop, I want to be uh, Mrs. M. I'm going to be like, uh, Mom, I'm sorry, but uh, you're going to be Butch. <laughs> and that's going to be your grandma name. Yeah, so the nearest thing I could figure out about why my grandma was called Butch is my aunt says there was some sort of cartoon or maybe a comic that was called Butch and Jerry, and since my grandpa's name is Gerald or Jerry, that that is why he referred to her as Butch. The only thing we can really find, though, on the internet is that Butch and Jerry are both characters in the TV show cartoon Tom and Jerry, so maybe that was the reference. We're still trying to figure out anyhow. It's really funny. So today's episode, or today's series we decided to cover, is called Gangbusters. Gangbusters was an American dramatic radio program, and it was heralded as the only national program that brings you authentic police case histories. Now, I wonder, because it premiered January 15th, 1936, and it was broadcast for 21 years through November 27, 1957, if they were the first to do this, because 1936 is really early on in the golden age of radio. 
because we covered a show called Dragnet. And they were also covering real police stories, but the names have been changed to protect the innocent. I'm not even sure if they changed the names in Gangbusters. So let us press on. So that show ran for 21 years. At the time, so-called true crime magazines were highly popular in the 30s, and then there was movies released um, based on true crime stories. So then producer-director Phillips H. Lord thought there was a place on the radio for a similar type of story to emphasize the authenticity of his dramatizations. Lord produced the initial radio show, G-Men, I mean, gangbuster men, I know, uh, don't know what it means, in close association with FBI director J. Edgar Hoover. Hoover was not particularly favorable of the notion of said program, but the U.S. Attorney General Homer Style Cummings gave it his support. So G-Men started as dramatized FBI cases, and Hoover insisted that only close cases would be used, and that the top-level aid review needed to approve each script. Hoover preferred that scripts downplay gunfights and car chases and spend more time on the systematic investigation and legwork. And agents should be shown as intelligent, hardworking, essentially faceless cogs in a technically savvy crime-fighting organization. So, kind of like putting the FBI in the best light possible. Donald Peterson presents the true adventures of Junior G-Men. So they did that show. But Junior G-Men are on the air, speeding to your homes, ready for action! And the first program dramatized the story of the gangster John Dillinger, who was tracked down by the FBI, shot to death outside the Biograph Theater, on July 24th, 1934. And the shows were definitely a hit with the general public, but there were naysayers, some of whom deplored the sensational new radio series. Oh, the violence! It's too much! Hoover almost squelched the project and made life more and more difficult for the creator, Lord. So G-Men used FBI cases, and it was subject to Hoover's whims. So gangbusters featured dramatic crimes of the files of law enforcement agencies all over the country. Therefore, G-Men was on NBC Radio from July 20th to October 12th, 1935, sponsored by Chevrolet. And then Gangbusters is called the sequel to G-Men. So we couldn't have Gangbusters without G-Men. The FBI show turned into this cop drama. And then the opening sound effects became more elaborate and aggressive. The show opened with a barrage of blaring sound effects. Gangbusters! Gangbusters! Presented in cooperation with police and federal law enforcement departments throughout the United States. The only national program that brings you authentic police case histories. Sirens. Machine guns. And a voice would announce, Tonight, Gangbusters presents the case of... The case of the date with death. When murder linked an old coat, a woman in the rain, and angry police officers out to avenge a slain comrade. Finally, the opening 
would end with more blasts from a police whistle. And this led to the popular catchphrase of the time, Oh, that came on like gangbusters. Which I've heard that before, I didn't know it was referencing a radio show. Oh, that came on to me like gangbusters, and they were on me like gangbusters. It's kind of a police procedural show, and one of the earliest ones we know of. So we couldn't have had Dragnet without gangbusters. And we couldn't have had Law & Order, Normal, Criminal Intent, SVU, without shows like gangbusters. So that's very interesting. So we're going to take a listen to one of the episodes entitled Gangbusters, A Date with Death. And then we'll discuss it and we'll have our feedback. I'm excited. Thanks, gang. I'm Joseph Wallace, Chief Inspector of Baltimore City Police Department, to narrate by proxy tonight's case. Chief Inspector Wallace. Thank you and good evening, Gangbusters listeners. Suppose we begin tonight's case on a Sunday afternoon in late November 1947. A huge crowd had gathered in the Baltimore Municipal Stadium to watch the Baltimore Colts in a professional football game. The weather had been threatening all afternoon, and during the third quarter, the skies opened up. Many of the fans scurried out of the rain for cover beneath the stands. One of these was an attractive young woman who ran down a ramp toward the first shelter where a man was standing. Greatest game in the world. Maybe on television. Look at my hair. It's very nice. Nice and wet. 50,000 idiots. 50,000 idiots watching a few men dribble a ball up and down out there in the pouring rain. How about a cigarette? I... Yes. Thanks. Light? Thanks. Yes. Very nice. What? Your hair. Oh, you can see it in pin curls. I'd love to. <laughs> well, thanks for the cigarette. So you're not going back into the pouring rain, are you? Oh, well, I've got a date out there. He's more interested in football than in you. Looks that way. <laughs> not very smart, is he? He just likes football. So what do you say you and me find some place to have a drink? Hmm? Oh, well, uh, I... Couldn't run out on him. You won't even miss him. How do you know I won't miss him? Well, that's another story. <laughs> you know of some place nearby where we can get a drink? Sure. I uh, suppose we should have been introduced properly. I'll introduce us. My name is Wood, Roy Wood. Very pleased to meet you, Mr. Wood. Roy. I'm very pleased to meet you, Roy. I'm Helen. Just Helen? <laughs> That's nice. Helen Denny. Well, what are we standing here for? Shall we go? Okay, why not? Oh, football. I gotta say, so listening to Gangbusters uh, was amazing because one of the podcasts I'm super into now and have been for... I think like two years is my favorite murder and this basically seems like a much more polished 
shorter version of it that so every time something was happening i was like oh my gosh is this like where he's gonna murder her or is this where they're gonna like walk across and find a body it was but it was i would say gangbusters was much more romanticized than any of the kind of true crime stories that i've heard on that podcast uh so I really liked it. The pacing was interesting, and like I said, uh, it really seemed like I was watching, like, they were, like, like, you could hear them walking, cutting, closing doors, like, shuffling papers. Uh, it was amazing. Yes! Just think of the way um, Karen and Georgia could, could talk about um, this case. They'd be like, Oh, girl, girl, don't go with that guy. Don't, don't leave the bar with him. He's, he's sketchy. He's sketchy AF. You gotta know, you gotta know that he's no good. So it did, yeah, I could see that. A very My Favorite Murder reenacted. The pacing, oh, and the Foley artists. Yeah, I believe everyone just had a good time. I think they did a lot of live a lot of live sound effects at the time. So they just had like this situation, you know, they're like, oh, can I come in? And, and whatnot. But yeah, it was very interesting. I thought they did a good job. I mean, far be it for me to approve of something that was done so many years ago, but it holds up. And the guy's like, come, come hang out with me. But he's already committed a crime. He... Oh, maybe he doesn't kill a police officer till later. Anyway, he's bad news, and that girl was head over heels in love with him. Okay, so I listened to it a couple times, because I liked it. Um, it actually starts, they're at, they're at a football game, Baltimore Colts. The Colts aren't in Baltimore anymore, but they're at this game, starts to rain, so Helen, the woman... Runs out trying to get out of the rain, and then she gets down below the the bleachers where all the people are waiting. And then there's Roy, and she's like, "Is there room in here for one more?" Something like that. And then apparently back in the day, it was like super easy to pick up people, whether you were a man or woman. Basically, he's like, "Yeah, there's room. Here's a cigarette. Can I light it for you? I think we're falling in love." Let's go get a drink. So then they go to get a drink. But also, she has... I kept trying to hear what he was saying, but like a... Or what she was saying, there was like a, a boyfriend or someone at the game with her, but he cared more about the game than getting out of the rain. So when she went down by herself, went to the bar with uh, Roy, and then they had a couple of drinks, and he's like, I really like you, and fate brought us together. Then they hang out for a while, but at the bar, she asks what he does, and he's real creepy about it. He's like, I don't believe in a nine-to-five job. I just wait till I need money or need something, and then I get it. It's like, hmm, I don't understand quite, but it definitely sounds like he's some sort of like smooth criminal or hitman or something. Uh... But then they hang out for a few weeks and they're like, go over to the police station. They're over there in the story. And they're like, oh, we need to find this guy who's been robbing all these cabs. And so then they go flashback to where Roy is. He's in a cab sticking someone up. 
and then he murders a cop after he's already met the girl. And he's like, oh, I can't run with my trench coat. So he throws his coat for some dumb reason and then goes to Helen's house and he's like, baby, you know how you love me? Go get my coat. And so she goes to get the coat. Coat's gone because the cops got it. And then whole, like, not CSI, uh, what is it, law and order thing happens where they're like, you know this guy who wears this coat? And somehow people remember coats. I think, I don't know, I know one of my friends has a rainbow coat. Other than that, I can't tell you what coat people have. Uh, but that's how they find him because he couldn't run with his coat on. I don't know. Maybe they thought it was too recognizable and they... Doesn't make sense. Coats aren't important anymore, but that's how they caught him. And they caught him without DNA evidence. So good on them. That's perfect. Yes, I remember now. I remember that um, if you go to a sports ball game in that day and it starts to rain, you don't want to be with the guy that you're with because he likes the game too much. So you pick up a different guy because it's that easy. And the guy can pick up her because it's that easy. All it takes is a cigarette. Really simpler times. And, you know, further pressing could have been cool. Oh, I don't like a 9-to-5 job. What time of day do you like to work, sir? Roy, do you like working the, the night shift? Are you steadily employed by criminals or gangsters? These are all great questions that, in retrospect, could have been a better ending to the relationship. And I, I believe at one point the police come over to Helen's house and they're like, oh, what do you think? It's your dude who has been committing these crimes. And she's like, no, not Roy, no. And they're like, we need you to be a plant and we need you to catch him. We need you to stand on the street and say, Roy, come here, meet me on the street and then we'll arrest him. But you could die in the process. Yeah, they definitely rope Helen into the whole sting of catching him. Uh, which two things about that were funny to me. One, before that, they went to Roy's landlady and she was like extremely aggressive about how good of a guy he was. <laughs> like she either was very wary of the cops or was in love with Roy because she's like, he's a good boy. No, don't don't be mean to him. He's a good man. He brings around good women. He's a good tenant. You think I'd have a bad tenant? And I'm like, uh... Why so aggressive so fast? I bet she's got some bodies buried in the boiler or something. But uh, then they're like, oh, Helen, drop your purse. When Roy comes up to you, that's how we'll know it's him. Some sort of like Judas thing. I was like, that's like the one <laughs> sound effect I was waiting for. I just want to hear a funk of the uh, purse dropping. But I don't think it happened. I don't think it happened either. And that's right. I forgot the landlady well, as soon as you mentioned her, I'm like, oh, he's a nice boy. He's such a good boy. Oh, don't don't hurt a nice, good boy like that. Please don't hurt him, please. Yeah, either she was in cahoots with him, or she was head over heels in love, or they had had a relationship in the past, and she was very protective of him, or they've killed before, and there are bodies in the boiler. I like your ideas. I like where that went. Maybe a little bit more interesting than the episode. But you're right. The purse drop was the signal. And that was the kiss of death. That was the Judas moment. Perfect. Yeah, so interesting. Uh, <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, the trench coat in the alleyway, the girlfriend, the boyfriend, the landlady, the police detectives. There's a lot here. If we were to modernize it, I mean, we could go into my favorite murder direction and make it, you know, funny but serious as well. Like, warning people, don't do this. This is how you get killed. Yada yada. Any ideas how we would do our own version of... I wanted to say Crime Stoppers, but it's not Crime Stoppers. It's not... Oh, it's Gang Busters. In my head, I have to think Ghostbusters and then change it to Gang Busters. Yeah, how would we do our version of a Gang Buster show? I think it would definitely have to start pretty different because this whole story would have ended probably two times. I know... In my current uh, situation, my wife, if I were to invite her to a football game, she would have been like, no. And so that would have ended before the story even began. Also, nowadays, if it's somebody else in a different situation, would have gone down and been like, hey, you need somebody? How about a cigarette? They'd be like, gross. I need a jewel. And they would go somewhere else. So uh, probably need to start in a, like a, a definitely probably a longer friend zone situation in a different setting. So maybe like, it'd be like hipster busters. They'd be at some sort of museum separately. One is like trying to take a selfie with a piece of art. And the other one's like, hey, uh, I, uh, I have an iPhone 11. If, um, if you want me to take a wide angle picture for you, uh, I can do that and then text it to you if you give me your number and then then you get into the creepy characters that sounds fun let's start there at a hipster museum or art show or something like that maybe i can just start improvising now This week, on Hipster Buster, we find a new kind of love, a more hip kind of love, a modern kind of love, a story for the millennials of our generation. Let's, let's push into the Seattle Art Show. Let's, let's zoom in. Let's look around. Let's see a couple of attractive hipsters just doing their thing, looking at art, appreciating what it means. Oh, dagnabbit. I don't have the new iPhone yet, and my Android phone is not taking good pictures of the artwork, and this is just a pop-up Seattle art show, and it's not going to last forever. Um, I can be contented and not taking a picture of all the art or work, whatever, but people won't even believe I'm here because if I didn't take a picture, it didn't really happen. Oh, no, I'll, uh, I'll meet you at the, the food truck. I want to take a, another quick look around. Oh, uh, hey, uh, is that an, is that an android? Man, I haven't seen one of those since 2019. Um, 
looks like you're having a little trouble uh, capturing red square versus blue square. Um, I, uh, I took a couple photography classes down at Lakeshore. Um, if you would like, I could uh, I could take the picture for you and um, I could send it to you. Do you have Telegram or Goober? Maybe Tweezels? Yeah, uh, I, I always update my Telegram and I'm a little embarrassed because usually the pictures aren't high quality. These would be great for my followers. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'd be comfortable with you using your photography skills. Um, I'm so embarrassed. Um, don't normally talk to people face to face, but if it's from my digital fingerprint, uh, I'd be happy to. In fact, um, let me beam over my info. Um, it'll have to be through the Wi-Fi though, because the Android and the iPhone are not compatible. But perhaps I'm feeling compatible with you. But I, I'm just teasing. Haha. <laughs> LOL. Uh, well, usually I uh, would save a strong reaction like that for my discussions with birds on my live stream blog. But uh, I'm kind of I'm feeling compatible too. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't think I've ever taken a picture this good, so... Uh, would you be interested in maybe head on over to this vegan, gluten-free, plant-based cracker food truck that's outside? Um, maybe sit down and have a couple orders together? I, I ditched my friends because they went to the corn dog food truck. I mean, amateurs, right? Uh, let's go. I'd be happy to... That food truck seems to have all my dietary needs on check, so I'd love to go over there. Um, I'm just going to text a couple of my girlfriends to let them know my exact location every five to six minutes. And yeah, since it's a public place, I feel very comfortable, and you've been so kind. Um, you really are a, a nice guy um, so far. I'd love to get to chat over some crumbly crackers and see where it leads. Oh, these crackers are a little hard to swallow, but once you do, your day basically takes off. Uh, so I think it's kind of, I don't know, interesting that you were here by yourself. I mean, sure, your friends know where you are, uh, but do you always keep that close in touch? Well, I used to keep closer touch with them, but it got to be too much for me to handle, like, texting and, um, calling and, um face spacing with them and just um like I'd go to the airport and I'd have to like pull them up on my phone and face space 
every terminal I was at and what gate I was at. It got to be too much, so really I'm taking steps back by only texting them every five to six minutes. I've put up a lot of boundaries. Well, that's really good to hear. You know, I'm usually not one for higher powers, but it really seems like the art brought us together today. What do you say we don't ignore that? Yeah. I'm not going to disregard our connection. I'm not going to ghost you. I feel strongly about that, too. Whether it be the art or the cuisine or you or me, I'm not going to ignore it. I won't. All right, um, I'm going to text my girlfriends about how that interaction went. Um, met a guy named Shane, S-H-A-I-N, a really unique spelling. Um, I just thought we connected on a face-to-face level, like it started with technology, but I think I could see him more in person. Um, send. I'm also gonna text Shane. I hope it's not too forward. I'm gonna send him the salad emoji, um, a little cracker emoji, a winky face, and no, might as well send him that picture of a U.S. postage stamp. Just think that kind of summarizes how our date went. Meanwhile, Shane across town. Oh yeah, don't worry about it. That's uh, just got a text from JL. She uh, we met at the art show, but don't worry about that right now. Do you? Do you have it? I don't have much time. I got to get down to the docks, or else uh, some thumbs are gonna be lost. Uh, yeah, yeah, boss. Uh, I got it. I got it. Um, it's actually, it's all on, on my phone. Um, I have the code. I have the code for for the bit join, join, coin, the bit join join coin. Um, it's the most secure way of sending money, and um, we we're really appreciative for all the prescription pills that you created in your basement and um here's all the payment do you think i'm a fool bid join join coin you know i needed 15 this is only 12 where's the rest look i swear we i swear we have it um you just couldn't get into the secure server in time but we have it physical dollars okay what is this, 2017? Give me your phone. <laughs> there. Try managing your digital presence now. Be strong. Your therapist said you could be strong. All right. Um. Sorry. We'll make it up to you. It's really weird that Shane isn't texting me back. 
Um, usually when I have people in my life, they text me back a lot sooner than that. He did mention he had a busy job where he did things and things that I didn't have to worry about, which I love. I don't like to stress or add extra stress in my life. I've been chatting with my online counselor and they've been telling me just don't overstack your priorities. Just keep keep everything in a one-track mind. So I'm just going to text him one more time. I'm going to say, hey Shane, I know you're busy, but I appreciate you thinking about me. I think that's good. All right. <clears throat> yeah, that's good. Um, hey, JL. Uh, do you... Would it be possible to uh, meet face-to-face -face one more time? Uh stop sign emoji thumbs sideways emoji question mark I I've uh I've done something I I dropped I dropped one of my Tom's flip flops um by the dock I can't say why uh but I just I need a place to to lay low um Eyeballs emoji, uh, shoe emoji, um, door emoji, uh, fist with action, action lines emoji. Oh, I wonder if this is an Edward Snowden situation. He said I, I couldn't know much about his work. I wonder if he's a whistleblower or some high security secret agency. Um, normally I wouldn't go out on a limb and help someone I just barely know, but Shane and I have a real-life connection, and this digital connection is becoming stronger too. Okay, I'm texting back. Um, I think, um, that'd be fine. Here's my physical address. Um, I'm in a studio, so there's not a lot of room. And if you could just help out with some of the bills for the weeks that you're here or whatever. That'd be chill AF. Here's an emoji of like the door opening emoji and like heart emoji and like opening my heart and then like smiley face and a picture of a home emoji. Send. I'm gonna have to text my girlfriends about this. Um, you usually have a no boys move in policy, but hopefully they'll forgive me. Meanwhile, at the Digital Police Academy. Briggs, get in here. We found this flip-flop down by the docks. You know what that means. They're back. The prescription pills. Facebook clan. They're back. And it's not just the lower level anymore. I think the big kahuna is back on the table. If we could catch the big kahuna, we'd get our promotions. And the thing about it is, um, if we get our promotions, we get more money. Uh, I assume you've already put it in the machines for scanning DNA. It'd be so awesome if we got a match. Of course I did. Crime is easy to detect these days. Comes up. The name's Shane, spelled weird. Lacks art. 
has a very restrictive diet. Looks like does a job with weird things. Makes prescription pills. It's really all here because it is 2020. We already know everything. Seems like, oh, he's also really bad at using emojis. I think we can really uh, understand him and have a criminal background just by all these clues that we have on file already that we could assume he's going to be, you know, shacking up with a, a gal he met in one of these art shows. And therefore, if we can research in the last week or so where the latest pop-up art show has been, especially if they have food trucks nearby, I really think this profiling will get us closer to his right now location. And, and where the flip-flop was found, we could um, make that the center point and do a 50-mile radius, and that will really narrow it down. Oh, now this is really weird. I'm seeing, I'm seeing um, black cars and vehicles driving around my neighborhood, and usually there's no activity here. It's a very quiet apartment complex, and no one usually is driving about like that. But this is very weird. That does sound weird. Get, get away from the window. I need you to do me a favor. Can you, can you go out there and see if anybody in one of those black cars has my flip-flop? If they do, you've never seen me. You've never texted me. You've never shared a dehydrated kale chip with me. Just, just please do this for me. Well, I don't understand why I would have to distance myself from you after getting to know you these few weeks. Um, but sure, if it's for a flip-flop, I mean, I don't want you to have to go out and buy more flip-flops. They can be expensive, and it's bad for the environment to keep buying things like that. So I'll go see if they have it, and I won't let them know it's your flip-flop. I won't. Uh, hey, partner, look. There's a woman coming out of the house. She fits the description that the profile said our man Shane would date. Let's see what she has to say. Let's just, um, since we're a little undercover, let's just ask her if she's, um, seen any, any guys fitting his description, and, um, we'll pretend like we're old friends. Um, hey, what's going on here? Who are you? Um, yeah. We're just buddies looking for our friend. He, he's kind of been missing for a while. We haven't seen him. Uh, he goes by the name of Shane, and uh, like I said, we're best buds, and he's, like, gone. Oh. Um. I know Shane, but I don't know where he is. But he's looking for his flip-flop. Have you guys seen it? Um. Actually, yeah, that's why we were looking for him. We wanted to give him his flip-flop back. It's a Tom's brand, so you don't want it to go... You don't want it to get out of hand, you know? All right, uh... Yeah, I'll give it back to him. And then you can head on your way. That's exactly what we'll do. We'll head on our way. No problem. Here you go. Thank you. Um, 
Bye. Okay, I'm gonna wait till they can't see me anymore and they won't follow me. Then I'll go home and give this to Shane. Are they gone? Yes, I think they're gone. W wait, Jail, why do, why do you have my flip-flop? They said they were your friends. I thought that's what I was supposed to do. Are they not your friends? Are they bad? Don't, they probably were following you. Yeah, yeah, Miss JL. We was following you. And you let us right to the bad guy who is the guy that you're dating. Wait, Shane is a bad guy? You, you two followed me? Yeah, that's right. We were following you. Shane, is it? You're going downtown to the digital crime lab. We got everything we need on you. Now we just gotta make sure this flip-flop fits. Then the full puzzle will be completed. Oh, Shane, please, no. Say it's not true, say it's not so. I told you to tell them you didn't know me. Now you're wrapped up in this the same way as I am. I'm sorry. I'll send you my contact info when I'm in jail. And should I contact him ever again? Should I have listened to my friends from the start? Never been involved in someone I didn't truly know. Does he deserve a second chance? Don't we all? Well, I'm gonna listen to my conscience more. And the consciences of my friends and... I'm gonna be careful. I'm not gonna let this happen again. I don't want to be entangled in any more plots with the police or bad guys. Or... I won't. I won't anymore. That's the moral of my story. And so ends another hipster stopper story. Hope you enjoyed it, and you won't turn out like Shane and JL did. Safe. Better safe than sorry. <laughs> so, I hope you agree because... I totally think we nailed it. That was basically uh, Gangbusters, I don't know what it would be now, like 12.0 or whatever the new upgrade version is. Uh, had some digital thievery going on, some flip-flops, totally now. Uh, dehydrated kale chips, all the classy trends food trucks, uh, yeah, I really think that's how it would have gone down today. Um, if I, could, I mean, if I could go back, and you know we can't rewrite history, but if I could go back, I'd probably just tell Shane and JL, maybe focus on listening and getting to know one, uh, one, one another in like a deep way, maybe more eye contact, uh, and also don't, don't do crimes. Um, yeah, I think that would be my number one recommendation as uh, a love doctor, if I could go back. Time traveling love doctor. That's the next, <laughs> that's the next episode. Um, <clears throat> but no, thanks so much for having me. Uh, I think I'm probably going to have to start listening to definitely more episodes of Gangbusters, but as much old-time radio as I can because I do go through slumps. I know I said I'm very into podcasts, which is true, but I do go through times where, I don't know if this happens to you, 
but I'll just be binging podcasts and then suddenly I'm like, does any of this make sense or matter? Like what I'm listening to all this audio and I just kind of want to switch it up, but like something like so well produced, like gangbusters, uh, can really break that up. And I know there's a lot out there. YouTube is just <clears throat> full of those little recordings and bunches of other places to stream it. So thank you for reopening this door for me. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to go actually listen right now. <laughs> Bye. Well, and thank you, of course. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And for our listeners as well, we appreciate Cagney being on the show. And agreed. Another successful adventure. We should do a sequel to these hipster stoppers for sure. And a time-traveling love doctor may not be far behind as well. So appreciate it, appreciate your input, Cagney. Have a good one, and we want to wish all of our listeners a good one as well. Please watch out for the person that you could consider dating. Make sure you know them and they know you. And don't do the crime unless you intend to do the time. That's been another episode of Second Golden Age of Radio. Goodbye.